now listening to the best podcast in the world, The Awakened Soul, hosted by my daddy. Love and happiness. Yeah. Something that can make you do wrong, make you do right. Welcome to episode 65 of The Awakened Soul. We got a little bit of a different show planned for you guys this week. I actually have a guest during the In the Mind of Hay segment, which is the first time I've ever had a guest during that particular segment. Not going to tell you who it is quite yet. I mean, we'll get into it in just a second. You'll see. You'll see then. But I'm going to leave it a little bit as a, as a surprise. Am I being a little dramatic? Probably. But you know what? It is what it is. But other than that, we do have Latrice Sampson Richards from the Unicorns Talk podcast. Joining me on the discussion portion of the show today, where we have just a great discussion. You know, the usual suspects are back, Shanice uh, and Scoop, with their respective segments uh, doing their thing. But because of me having a guest during the In the Mind of Hayes segment, we actually do not have the Stupid Idiot of the Week this week. And there were some definite, definite uh, contenders for that. But I, the In the Mind of Hayes segment uh, turned into such a great discussion that... It got it went a little long. So because of that, cuts had to be made. The Stupid Idiot of the Week will return next week. Maybe have a super size Stupid Idiot of the Week. But we'll get into that when that's time. For now, what we're going to do is we're going to go into our intro music made by the wonderful man himself. That is Dan on Drugs from Black Law and Legal Lies. And then on the other side of that, we will be stepping into my dark and twisted mind. And unfortunately, this time there was a guest in the dark and twisted mind. So I'll see you guys there. Alright ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the In the Mind of Hay segment and for the very first time ever on this particular segment, we have a guest. I never have welcomed else, welcomed anyone else into my mind, um, so it has to be someone special. Someone with a little attitude, opinionated, enough enough prefacing. We got <laughs> Mrs. People Talk Daily herself, Avery is in the building. <laughs> Wait a minute, I don't have an attitude. I'm not even, I'm not, you know what, we're not even going to. Blasphemy. Well, I mean, well, thank you. Thank you for ha- Yeah, thank, thank. No, it's not. <laughs> thank you for letting me come into your mind. I feel special. I didn't know I was the first. Oh, yeah. For this particular segment. So everyone pray for me. Because um, my mind was already a dark and <laughs> twisted place as is. So this is going to for sure be interesting. Um, so the very first topic that we're going to discuss and uh, anyone who watched my Twitter, this is not a full review, but we will discuss it. Eminem randomly dropped an album, Kamikaze. I, I'm still, I'm still processing the album. I listened to it three, three times all the way through. What do you think about the album, though? I would like to call this the redemption. Okay. It's not Kamikaze. It's the redemption. Um, the way he executed this was perfect. No big announcements. He just dropped it, 
and it was amazing. And you're a big Eminem fan, right? Huge Eminem fan. Really? What's your favorite Eminem album? Ah, uh, it would have to probably be the Marshall Mathers LP. Follow if closely. You... Go ahead. Follow closely by what? So Marshall okay. Mathers LP and Recovery. I think while Recovery doesn't have, I will go ahead and admit it doesn't have like that a lot of staple songs that I feel like you would just say this this is this is a perfect and capitalizes his career or whatever but it's something about the way he was rapping i think he was really aggressive on that album from the, from the beginning to the end that's why recovery is one of my favorite and marshall mathers lp i mean it's clear why that one's my favorite what about you i'm i'm not even gonna sit here and lie to everybody i am not a big eminem fan i'm not um favorite album marshall mathers like that's it um, the last album he it, he did, we all know that was trash. That's why he's doing this redemption right now. Um, let me stop saying that for people to be thinking that's the name of it. Um, Kamikaze. But I'm not a big Eminem fan. I never was. Um, but this album, this album, he stepped on next and next. He just did everything. He went back to Slim Shady. Like, and I'm just ready to make everybody mad. I love the album. I love the album. Yeah, and it, it's the the very first track. It was like a minute into it. I'm like, this is already better than anything on uh on revival. Like it, it, and and like you said, the fact that he didn't hold back, the fact that he's coming at all his critics, it's it's like Eminem is one of those rappers where I feel like he he needs to have some opposition. He needs to be writing like to come at someone, not necessarily diss tracks, but like at his critics for for us to get the best version of him. Um, because he's just witty and, and when he, when he's throwing shots at people, it's wildly entertaining. Um, I, I would be talking for the next five minutes if I list everyone he threw shots at <laughs> on this album. I mean, definitely Drake, Joe Budden, uh, Charlemagne, DJ Academics. Lord, Lord Jamal. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, G Easy, MGK. Yeah. yeah. Everyone. Everybody. And, 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 and the thing that I, that I, when I was talking about it on Twitter too, is like, even if you don't listen to the bars, like listen to his ab libs on some of the songs. Like you can tell he's poking fun at a lot of people. Um, it's just, it's, it's just a fun album and I love it. I can't wait to see how people respond to it if they do. Well, I was on Twitter. Well, The Ringer is a great opening. That's the one that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. And I'm the type of person when I listen to an album, I'm into like the samples, like who did he sample? What did he do? And all of that. So, like I said, I'm not a big Eminem fan. And when The Ringer came on, I was on the train. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> so I immediately went to go look to see who he sampled. And he sent, like, that's a sample from Young M.A. And, ooh, that song, I think that's how you say it. I love her. Mm-hmm. That's my baby. But that's who he sampled. But just the lyrics and that was just bananas. I didn't skip through no songs. None. Yeah, so I'm yeah. Proud of myself. I'm a skipper. <laughs> <laughs> and and there, I mean, I'm not, won't sit here and act like it's the perfect album because I mean, I could definitely have critiques of it. But just like you said, coming off that last album and how disappointed it was as an Eminem fan, and I'm one of those fans where I can be your biggest fan, but if you put out shit, I'm not gonna ignore it. I'm gonna talk, like when we reviewed that album, I think I was extremely hard on it. I even come harder uh, when I'm a fan of yours and you put out trash. But this one is just it's just a good album, like. It's not a classic, but it's a great, it's a really, really good album. So looking around on Twitter, a lot of people were saying that, I'm not even going to exaggerate. I'm not going to say a lot, but it was to, to, more than five is a lot to me when it's talking about this album. But they were saying they didn't like it. They were saying that it wasn't good. Um, 
he didn't do a good job executing like nothing was good and a lot of people was giving clapbacks like you're crazy like this is really a good album but me personally coming from someone that's not an Eminem fan like he did his thing he went back to his roots and he got centered again and I, I just hope he stays here Exactly. And I, and I agree with that. There are definitely critiques of this album. I think, I think if you're comparing it, because we know how high Eminem can go, um, mm-hmm. it, it, I can understand why some of the critiques would be magnified, but I'm, I, I, maybe it's cause I was so low on revival, like coming from where he was to this is a huge leap and it is a step, like it's back on the right path of Eminem. And, you know, if he, if he does do another project, whatever, I hope he feeds off this energy, but this is where we need him at. This is exactly where he needs to be. And I mean, he's been in the game. What it, it's got to be close to like 20 years at this point. Yeah. I mean, not, not many rappers keep that, the ability uh-uh. to, to keep that high level. Like, Jay-Z is probably one of the only ones and that's because he's really really evolved and what he does now with Beyonce and like how he's evolved musically with 444 but yeah it's it's a dope album I think the thing with Eminem what I love about him like this album was perfect for me because I was like going through some things with critics and all this other shit so I feel like for me I think this resonated with me more but not just that he went back to his center I feel like hip-hop is in a state of emergency right now And I think a lot of artists are really getting back to their center. And this is what I appreciated about it. Like, even though he dissed Joe Button, I'm grateful for that. Like, people are like, oh, I want Joe Joe Button to respond. I don't want a response from him. I don't want a response from him. I want Joe to keep doing what he's doing and making the rest of these hip-hop artists mad. Because these bubblegum rappers is just destroying it. But this album is a great start to getting back hip-hop. I loved it. What's your first? Favorite three songs off the album? Uh, definitely the first one is is the definitely okay. yeah the ringer. Okay. Um, the the joint and I'm sorry I don't have all the names memorized yet, but the one with Jordan Lucas, Lucky You, definitely. Yeah. And okay. um, then I'd have to go with I like I like the bar. I hate the chorus, but in not a like I really like the bars and anything with M and Royce on it is automatically going to be something for me. Uh, so I, I'll say right now those are my three favorite on the album. Oh, I love not a like. That's my favorite song. <laughs> The Ringer's yeah. good and Good Guy. Yeah, I good like Good Guy. Really guy. Too. I, I liked it. Um, but what I wanted to ask you too, you being an M fan, Eminem fan, what didn't what didn't you like about Revival? I didn't like some of the production choices. Um, I think overall mm-hmm. I like the beat selection, but um it it's some of them I feel like if it wasn't for M's ability to really rap almost on anything, um mm-hmm that the the beats are, are a little bit worse than what they sound like with him on it, if that makes sense. Um yeah. and then a critique that's always gonna be of mine of M's is his choruses. Like they're always hit or miss to me. And not that that matters with a rapper like M per se, but just from a standpoint of, you know, just looking at it sonically as a as a total package of a song, the choruses are, are hit or miss across most of the album to me. Wow, you're really an Eminem fan. <laughs> um the other question I wanted to ask you, so I didn't know why him and Lord Jamal was beefing. I'm like, why would they be beefing? Like, well, So I looked it up, and I saw that Lord Jamal felt like Eminem was a guest in the House of Hip Hop. And he needed like white artists like the Miley Cyruses, the Justin Timberlake, so on and so forth, need a cosign. So I, I wanted to pose that question to you. Like, mm-hmm. do you think Eminem is a guest in the House of Hip Hop? 
and needed a cosign. And and I had this conversation on Twitter today. Um, I think that a lot of the critiques, because I was I was talking to someone and they made a critique that Eminem's whole first album was a gimmick because he came at pop stars and they couldn't respond to him in beef. And I think a lot of a lot of that critique comes from the fact that he's white and how he looks and he's going to have uh people look at it like, well, he's already going to have a larger fan base because he's white. The white people are going to buy it. And for me, I think that that means you had he had to work harder in a sense, to earn the respect in hip hop because he is white. So he had to have the artistry to back it up. And as far as like cosigns, even if someone wants to say he needs a cosigner, he got signed by Dr. Dre. There's no bigger cosigner than that if he does need one. But he's definitely not a guest in hip hop. He's grabbed the, grabbed that mic and he's he's shown that he deserves. He's one of the all time greats. So, yeah, I don't I don't I don't get with that critique. How do you feel about it? I when I was when I was listening to the video, I kind of agreed with Lord Jamar. Not about Eminem though. He's the only one that I didn't agree with because like you said, I do agree that he has to work twice as hard and he has to prove himself. And one thing Eminem has done is prove that he's lyrically can go up against the best of them. A lot of these other hip hop stars can't do that. Like these bubblegum rappers, if we were to throw them in a cypher, they wouldn't survive. They wouldn't make it. And I feel one thing about Eminem on this album he kind of dumbed down a little bit and he gave us everything. He gave us the Drake. He gave us the Amigos. He gave us the upper chalant hip hop artists. He gave us the media. Anything that the culture is dealing with right now, he gave it to us on this album. So that goes to show that he can. He's not a guest in the house of hip hop and he can stand with the great. Exactly. And if, if someone like Little Pump doesn't need a co-signer, Eminem damn sure doesn't. Oh, yeah. Sure. No, don't. These, these littles is getting on my nerves. Like, <laughs> don't even get me started on them littles. <laughs> I figured it. Only, the only little uh, that I really mess with of the new generation. I love little Uzi Vert. And now oh, from yeah. the standpoint of like he's like a lyrical rapper, but his music is just like in him. Like it's something about him that just makes you love his music. And when you see him, he's legitimately having fun. And yeah. I feel like that energy comes through on his music. I think he's punk. I don't really consider him hip. He's like punk. He's his own little part. He's just in his own world doing his own thing. He's he's like punk rock to me. But the rest of these other rappers, the six six nines and the rest of them, I don't feel like they have a love for hip hop the way hip hop should be loved. And I tweeted something out earlier today that there's a new trend. Like these bubblegum rappers are going to have to get up out of here. Because you can't disrespect hip hop like this. You can't just wake up and just do these Dr. Seuss rhymes and think that you're going to be able to thrive. Like you have to respect hip hop and they have it. It's just about grabbing a bag. Yeah. Yeah. It's about riding the wave. That's what, that's what all these rappers do. And that's why they fizzle out. Like, I mean, yep. so many rappers now, like the, the lifespan is like three years tops. And if you make it if to that. five, you're lucky. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. If um, that. But anything, anything left on Eminem before we move on? I'm really, really, really proud of him. I am. I love this album. This is his redemption, and he did the damn thing. If you ain't heard it, you better go listen. <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. The next thing in my crazy mind that I want to talk about is uh, Aretha Franklin's funeral. Um, the 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 what five seven hour event that it was Yo. um but well deserved like if anyone deserved well it deserved. it's definitely her 
Um, any thoughts or anything you saw from it? Any any speeches that stand out to you? How what did you think about the event? I I'm not even gonna lie to y'all. Don't judge me, but I was so caught up in this Eminem album, <laughs> I didn't get to Aretha's until like late afternoon. But as long as that thing went on, I think I was early. But I thought the whole thing was beautiful. I love how Detroit puts on for their city. Like she was Detroit through and through. And I think the little things that stood out to me was Bill Clinton. Um, the way Ariana Grande and the pastor was up there, his little comments, I thought that was different. Um, that stood out. And I just thought it was beautiful. I just really, I was more moved by how she was so loved and she repped for her city. What about for you? What, what stood out for you? It was Cicely Tyson to me. Like, I think that oh. her words were so powerful and um, I, I, she was reworking a poem but I think that if if the event would have been nothing else but Cicely Tyson, then them maybe doing a couple of tributes, it would have been a, an amazing send off by itself. Like Cicely Tyson, a I mean one of the the best black act, but one of the best actresses. Let's not even paint her in the box of black. Period. Um, and her words, like still to this day, when she says something, when she speaks. It, it, it touches you. And I think that that was just such a, a great moment to have such a powerful woman sending off another powerful woman. And that, that, that trade off, that energy just was perfect for that, that, uh, that funeral to me. You are absolutely right. I don't even know how I forgot about her. I was so focused on her hat, just her hat, the words like, yes, hers. If it was just her, it would have been, it would have been enough. But yes, Cicely Tyson, I, I love her. She is such a beautiful woman. Yes, she is. Um, yeah, and y- young Cicely Tyson was was a dime piece plus some. But that's a Did that's you? a story for another day. That's a that's a story for a whole another day. Um, Did you say a dime piece plus something? You know what? Oh my god! <laughs> hey, now, I'm not gonna judge you, Ryan. True no. words have not been have not been spoken. I'm just gonna leave it at that. Um, <laughs> but. All right, so I, we we had to mention Aretha. We had to talk about her. Um, rest in peace to an amazing woman. But the next topic, and and I feel kind of weird transitioning from from such, something that I I know we both feel so great about, and and the send off into something that I know is gonna cause you to maybe turn a little red. Uh, your boy I'm Kanye. I'm, oh God. <laughs> All right, his his apology tour, apologizing, and I'm, we're not going to get super in depth to it, but apologizing about the slavery comments. Did this go? Because I know you are one of the people he turned off the most, and understandably so. But this apology, did it go at all any way towards make you say, okay, maybe there there's a turnaround for Kanye? Is he still? Do you think he's still lost for good? Um, <clears throat> we're in your mind, so I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm not gonna. Be the regular Avery, but Kanye's apology is because shit's not. Wait, can I curse? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, shit's not moving for him. We move shit. Black folks is the movement. Shit ain't moving. It's not moving. So he's apologizing. Do I think I feel like I'll be contradicting myself when I just said, you know, Eminem got censured again. I know Kanye's in Chicago. He's trying to link back up with some people from when he first started. I forgot the guy's name. I think he's trying to get centered again, but I think Kanye is too caught up in Kanye. I'm not even going to say Kanye in Kim Kardashian's world 
for us to get that old Kanye back again. So I don't know. He got a lot of work to do. He got a lot of self-reflection. He has a lot of work to do. I don't I don't accept that apology. I mean, it's nice. Thank you. But it shouldn't have took this. I feel like he's trying to sell something. Hell, his own daughter don't even want to wear her Yeezy. They had to lie and say that they glow in the damn dark. Like, no, I no, 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 I'm not buying it. <laughs> and I mean, and you said you saying that he's trying to get centered again. I mean, he did resign uh, with his his the manager he had in the first part of his career yeah. back in Chicago, working with Chance the Rapper on Chance's new <laughs> album. Um, so I. I, I I never, and this is, has nothing to do with it being Kanye, but I never want to say someone's completely lost. But like you said, Kanye is very much into Kanye. And I think hopefully, you know, him coming back to his manager, maybe now he has someone that he trusts, someone that can get in his ear and maybe uh, give him some type of mentoring. But I just I just think until Kanye realizes it, till he truly realizes the impact of some of the stuff he's doing, it doesn't matter who else is in his ear um, because he just doesn't see the wrong in it and the apology and I, the apology I, I, don't get me wrong he needed to make it um uh, but because he needed to make it and it it it, ha- it took so long it does lose something with me um but he didn't have to do it so i'm, I'm kind of, of two minds with it i'm just gonna wait and see like that's my approach i'm gonna wait and see see what he does because the one thing with kanye is he's gonna do something whether it's good or bad Real soon, it's always something with Kanye, and that that would tell us his true intentions, I think. But for the record, like, why would Chance the Rapper even... And I'm not going to take away from Kanye's producing abilities, because he is a dope producer. But I don't know if I was Chance, I would want him to touch anything of mine. After what he... Nas's album, Tiana's album, like, why... He just, he needs to go away. He just needs to just stare. And then his wife posted a picture in braids today doing Aretha's homecoming. Like, come on. Fuck all of them. Like, just jump off a cliff. Like, I don't know. The braids thing, and she does it. Like, I think she she periodically does it. I, I swear it feels like once every three to six months. And every time I feel like it's it's to to cause some type of reaction out of the public. But um, as far as like Chance working with him, I think... The thing with Chance is, is Chance looks up to Kanye and you know how it's like sometimes and I'm not excusing it, but sometimes you someone that you grew up and you looked up to now that he has the chance to work with Kanye. Maybe that's overriding everything else to ch- in Chance's mind because he's still a Kanye fan, I guess. Um, what? Yeah. Are you serious? Like what has for Kanye to co- go back to Chicago? I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Sorry. You're good. No, go ahead. For Kanye to go back to Chicago, when's the last time he's been in Chicago? What has he done for Chicago? Like, come on now. Like, I'm telling he's going to drop a shoe. He he is something. It's something oh, with yeah. him. And and just like Lord Jamal said, like, all these right, white people need a cosign or whatever. Chance is Kanye's cosign for Chicago. That's exactly what this is. Chance is cosign. And I hope he don't play himself. I hope Chance does not play himself Kanye better give Chance the most and I'm not really a big Chance fan either musically he better give him the most fire beats that he's at 808s and all that old Kanye type beats like gutter like Kanye Kanye that we love he better have them type of beats that's all I'm saying if there's anything other than that I told you so. I told you so. <laughs> well, we'll wait and see. Uh, I, 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 for one, I know that the Tiana Taylor, especially like that whole album release and everything of it, oh, I think was just, 
it was disrespectful to her as an artist, um, especially being signed to Kanye, like the way that he did her. Uh, I think, Dirt. I think, a, yeah. I, and I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of 2019, she's off good music because it was just, and Tiana is a, is a artist. Like, yeah. I don't even, I don't even just call her a singer. Like there's something about Tiana's music to where she can do just about anything, but she needs someone who can match her creativity. And I don't know. I, this may be a little controversial, but I honestly think Kanye, Tiana Taylor may be the type of artist that Kanye just doesn't know what to do with. I don't, I don't want them to work together at all anymore. I just Ever don't think he, yeah, I, I, I can't do it. Um, the Nazir album, I, I like the Nazir album, so I, I don't, I don't have as many critiques on that one. I have critiques with Kids See Ghost and, and, uh, Yeez, not Yeezus, Yay was the name of that album. And, uh, I like Push's album. So out of all those releases, I like two out of the, what, five. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. Okay, wait, pause, pause, real mm-hmm. quick, real quick question. Okay. So out of the Nas and Pusha's album, which one did you like the best? Oh, Daytona, absolutely. Okay, okay. And I and okay. I think and the thing with as much as I do like the Nas album and I and I like the beat selection, um, I like what Nas had to say. I like the content of it. I feel like Daytona. I feel like first. I feel like Nasir was you it was like a Nas and Ye album like you can very much feel the Kanye mm-hmm. influence mm-hmm. but I feel yeah. like Daytona was Push's album like yeah. I don't get any Ye through that for real even though Ye's on the album like I just I just I just that just feels like a Pusher project to me so that's why I like that one more yeah okay all right I thought I was gonna have to you know beat you up and you was gonna say um Nazir and I'm a big Nas fan I love Nazir not like Nas but nah Pusher's so- Sometimes with Nas, Nas, I feel like we need to chip his tooth again, and then we can get like the classic Nas. I feel like 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 you just somebody just needs to chip it again, but nonetheless, you know. (laughs) Oh my god! Um, what else we got? Is that it? Because I want to jump into something about you since we in your mind. All right, cool. Let's do it. Okay. Um, everybody, I want y'all to know that CEO Hayes is the head of a gang. The UML crew is a gang. Why y'all, why y'all on Twitter jumping people? We don't, I don't know what you're talking about. What, what do you, you, I forgot who posted something. I think it was in line with the Eminem album today and a troll came in there. Oh yeah. And it was like all of y'all. It was like, boop, 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 like just <laughs> down the line. I'm like. Holy shit! They not playing. And in my boucher, of course, she was the first one. I don't know where you came from. I said, "Oh my god, they are a gang." <laughs> the funny thing with that, is, yeah, okay, if it's hip hop conversation, like, yeah, we get people up out of there real quick. Um, but it's not. I swear, it's like we all type it at the same time because I didn't see anyone else's before I press send on mine, mm-hmm. and then it's like it just all the notification came at once. But yeah, okay, I can I can give you that one. Yes, it literally was like that. Um, it was like all of y'all line, 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 line. I'm like, what the? F-? Did they like hit each other up? Like, I'm like, these guys are crazy. These guys are crazy. But that was hilarious. Y'all don't play. Y'all don't play. <laughs> gang, gang. No, I got good yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, any anything left in your mind before we go ahead and sign off? No. No, tune in to my podcast, Soul of a Hustler. There you go. Make sure you listen to it and follow me. People talk daily. I appreciate this. Thank you. Anytime. Anytime. Okay. So 
I usually tell the people peace at the end of the segment, but since you're the guest, I, I feel like you need to send them off very well. So take it away. Go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's it for the mind of haze. That's a dark place. We don't want to stay there too long anyway. Um, but we're going to go into next Shanice's unpopular opinion. So we're going to start the music for that. And then you guys already know it's going to be Shanice on the other side with her unpopular opinions, which, as she says in the segment, are turning out not to be that unpopular. She's just that dope. We hear from her next. Hey, y'all. So, as always, I'm here to share with you guys my unpopular opinion for this week. But after doing some surveying, doing a little bit of polls, I think I've come to the conclusion that this is not very unpopular, but we'll see what the listeners think. <clears throat> so there's a conversation going on on the social media and the question of when you're out with the group, having a meal, having drinks, whatever, do you split the bill or do you just pay for what you ordered? Naturally, you know, people are going back and forth like, nah, because if the bills rang up $400 and I only spent like 89 of that, I ain't trying to split that. Nah, because I'm not paying for somebody's food, all this other stuff, right? <clears throat> and other people are saying things like, you know, well, why can't you just split it? Like, just go out, have a good time, yada, yada, yada. But what seems to be the common you know, the common consensus that I see, you know, you may be seeing different things, is that people are saying, hey, if you're out with a group, just split the bill evenly, make sure everybody's there. You know, if they're all out there to have a good time, like if it's, you know, Sunday brunch with your friends, like, you know, have the drinks flow, you know, all these things, order your food, order, order the oxtails if you want it, even if it's $27, you know, do that. And we, we got, we got y'all. That's basically the whole vibe. We got y'all. Um, shouts to insecure, but, and that's a, that's a opinion that I have myself. Like if I'm out with five or six people, you know, let's go, let's get the drinks that you want. Let's get the food that we want. And let's just split everything five or six ways. And then, you know, we come up with the tip, you know, based on the service or whatever, but it's still a debate. And I saw somebody say, well, if I'm out with a group, and let's say the bill is $200 and I ordered a burger for $22.39 and the person who's initiating we split, you know, bought something that was like $95. I don't think it's right because they're paying less than what they chose to order. And then it made me sit back and go, you know what? That's a very good point. So I don't want to go out to eat with somebody and I order something that's $23 and they order something that's, you know, 98 and then we split it. That is, that's not fair to me. <laughs> that's not, that's not fair. And I would hope that person would see that as unfair. Same thing as, you know, going out as a group and I, you know, I make sure I tell the group, look, you know, things are a little tight for me right now. I just wanted to come out with y'all. You know, I got $40, you know, that's it. That's all I really got. And they go, cool. You have that conversation with your friends. So they know, look, we gonna split the bill three ways, you know. Shorty over here gonna pay for her separately. You ain't got to get people, you know, into your business details or nothing. You know, just keep it, keep it simple, keep it light. So yeah, I want to know what you guys think. Um, I'm actually gonna have CJ put a poll up to ask you guys, like, what what is proper protocol and what reasons are there to split the check? What reasons are there not to split the check and things like that? But 
my opinion, I feel like as others, that if you're all out and y'all all friends, y'all just having a good time, as long as you know the common understanding for the group outing or the Sunday brunch is look, we just gonna go out, have a good time, split our food, and it's gonna be a it's gonna be a great time. We just we just gonna have a great time. Or if the understanding prior to is that you know, we gonna go out, we gonna have a good time, but you know, Maggie over here, you know, she a little tight, so she just gonna get a separate check, and we gonna do it up, the three of us. Then that's cool too. But I definitely don't think that going out on group dinners, there needs to be nine separate checks. Like, that's that's ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense. It's dumb. Like, don't do that. But yeah, can't wait to hear what you guys think. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was it uh, from Shanice with her unpopular opinion this week. Keep sending that feedback. Keep reaching out to her. Um, she really puts a lot into these segments, especially doing it every every week on top of her blog, which is OK. So here's the thing, which on, on top of her podcast, which is I'm just saying. Um, and then she has another project that she's working on that I'm, I'm not even sure if I was supposed to say that yet. So maybe I'm pretty sure Shanice is going to fuss at me for saying something about that before she did. So let me go ahead and shut up. Um, and so I can shut up and get myself together. Actually, we can go right into the petty news from Scoop Grady himself. Uh, we'll get that started and I'll see you guys on the other side of that. When I saw Ariana Grande on the program, I thought that was a new something at Taco Bell. Man, stop all that damn lying. What's going on, everybody? This is Scoop Grady hitting y'all with the Petty News Report. I don't understand what has gotten into Bishop Ellis on this one. That man was holding on to that lady boob like he was holding some car keys in his hand. He talking about he thought that was something on a Taco Bell menu. Oh, yeah, it's something on a Taco Bell menu. You trying to eat that lady chalupa box, and you know it now. Come on, man. And then he goes and apologizes. First of all, why are you touching this lady like that? You shouldn't even have your hands on her if you a bishop pastor deacon minister whatever you know what i'm saying i don't get it i bet all money all the pimps and players is at church next sunday and then people are out here making excuses talking about if she didn't have a short dress on he wouldn't touch on her like that first of all key step that does not give this man the right to be touching on this lady any kind of way he wants and he tried to play it off too he think he was slick with that finger try to poke it man oh my god moving on aretha franklin's funeral y'all I don't think they put forth the effort into this funeral. First of all, should no funeral be seven hours? Seven hours? What are we talking about? Why are we performing? That is not a, that's a family reunion. Everybody came out to sing. First of all, I love Jennifer Lewis. I did not know Jennifer Lewis was trying to sing to get a record deal. Because that's all I got out of that when she was singing next to Stevie Wonder. I feel like she was trying to get a record deal. And you know what? Somebody may gave her one. And then they had a four-day event for this funeral. Why are we dealing with this for four days? I love Aretha Franklin. Don't think I don't. But I'm not trying to be around sad people for four days. I'm just, that's just not my type of thing. Four days, it should be the wake, the funeral, the burial, and we go home. Okay? It, that, four days and then seven hours on top of it? At, oh, no. Uh-uh. Aretha changed her outfit about three times. She was ready to go. Next. T-Pain was caught with a loaded gun in the Atlanta airport. Oh, I can't believe it. Look at ass. <laughs> There's no information that says that he was arrested, but his bag didn't go through because it was flagged for having a gun inside of it. And I'm pretty sure when the cops saw him, they was like, Free! 
Jeez. Like me looking at. <laughs> oh my God. T Pain, why you have a gun at the airport? What you gonna shoot at the clouds? <laughs> you gonna shoot the sun down? Like, come on now. There ain't no reason to have a loaded gun. You ain't got no enemies. Everybody your friend now. Stop playing. Move it on. DJ Cali is launching a new furniture line. Now, I'm not gonna lie. I think this is pretty cool. You know, when you got money, you probably think of ridiculous things, but you know, so this might be interesting. Now, what is he gonna call this furniture? Is it gonna be, we the best furniture? <laughs> Another one. <laughs> so, I don't know where this came about, but he is definitely in the works of trying to launch his own furniture business. It is said that he is ready to sell furniture that features statement pieces designed to elevate your home into a new level of expression. Okay, so what the hell did that supposed to mean? The only thing I got out of all that is that he's going to have a plus size furniture and it's going to say, I hold you down. Look <laughs> oh my God. But you know what, DJ Cali, I respect you for this. I think it's going to be interesting. And last but not least... Tiger is suing Cash Money and Young Money for over a million dollars in unpaid album royalties. Oh my God, somebody else is going at Cash Money and Young Money. Now, people out here are straight saying like, I don't know why he's suing them for that much money. He got the money, he making millions. First of all, shut up, because y'all people will be on y'all boss's ass if they had missed one hour on y'all check. So I don't want to hear none of it. Back in 2009, Tiger made a deal that he would make two albums for Young Money, and they shorted him out of all that. And then back in, and then in 2016, Young Money and Cash Money agreed to run him all the royalties that were promised to him over the years, but he claimed that he hasn't received anything yet. After reading all this, only got one thing to say, is that Birdman is not to be trusted. I'm not understanding how Young Money and Cash Money got so many dope artists and they refuse to pay these people. Lil Wayne got his money, so Tiger, you best believe you're going to get your money, man. Keep moving forward and do what you got to do to get that bread. And that is all we have, y'all. Thank you for listening to the Petty News. And I will leave you one thing to say. If you go to church to confess, make sure you watch out for the pastor because he might grip your breasts. Be cool, y'all. All right. Well, that was Scoop Grady with the Petty News that uh, only he can do each and every week. But we're getting ready to get into the main event of this episode. And that is my conversation with Latrice Sampson Richards from the Unicorns Talk podcast. Uh, this conversation goes a lot of different places. We get pretty deep, have a little fun, uh, reminisce about some some classic black TV shows. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's it's just a really good conversation, really good segment. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to sharing it with you guys. We're going to get into just a little bit of music before we get into that conversation just to set the tone and we'll see you guys on the other side of that ladies and gentlemen listeners of the awakened so we don't do we haven't had lately a lot of first time guests um just in, since our first year anniversary but we do have one this week we have latrice sampson richards from unicorns speak talk talk oh god i'm just i'm nervous i think i'm just really going uh but nonetheless <laughs> how are you doing today i am doing really well thank you so much for inviting me i'm excited to be here oh man i'm excited to have you I, uh i was really looking forward to this interview when we planned it um but yeah it's gonna it's gonna be a fun discussion it's gonna have some deep topics some funny ones uh all that good stuff so before we uh we get into that and in the icebreaker uh just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and what you do and how you ended up here 
Yeah, so um, I am a licensed professional counselor and a certified life enhancement coach for black women who are ready to heal from our past so we can build a future that we deserve. And I really believe that with everything in my heart. I mean, I, I believe it. Um, you know, so my I do my work, all of my work focuses around black women and helping us to um, figure out life and figure out how to win at life and how to be successful and more importantly, to be just freaking happy. You know what I'm saying? Um, because I feel like not enough people are focusing on us as black women, like in terms of us being a community and being a group that deserves to be focused on, you know what I'm saying? And so, um, you know, that's, that's what I do. I have a Facebook group called trust village. It's completely free. We at just about, um, just under a thousand members and it's a safe space for healing and manifestation. And we have some awesome and, and amazing women in that group. Um, and they love on each other and they support each other and they lean on each other and we learn some things and then we hear some things, you know what I'm saying? And and we just kind of go from there. And, you know, I love it. I love doing the work and I feel like this is what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. This is this is preordained. I feel that. And I know that that has to just be a good feeling, especially like I, I, I of course, haven't been in the group, but um, because I, I see it like with stuff that I do, like when you see conversations happen between people who listen or people who are part of the group and you necessarily don't even have to step in sometime. You just see them working through things amongst themselves. Isn't that a great feeling? That is, listen, a couple of weeks ago, one of my, um, last night I was on the live stream inside my group and, or Tuesday night, Tuesday night I was on the live stream inside my group. I do a free live stream every Tuesday. We call it live stream Tuesday. And so anyway, this week was a freestyle week. Uh, we call it Ash Trees. And so we was just talking, you know, they was asking me questions. I was talking to them. We was just hanging out, you know, having a good time and learning some stuff. And one of, one of the ladies in the group, she recalled, um, we were talking about why Trust Village exists, you know, and like the importance of us as black women being able to have a space like Trust Village. And so one of the ladies uh, in the group, she she posted a comment and she was like, you know, one night this summer, um, you know, in, here inside the groups, this girl had a had a problem and she posted about it like in the middle of the night. And she was like, look, you know, I'm dealing with this, you know, X, Y, Z. Things are, are getting rough for me right now in my house, in my life, and my relationship. And I feel like I'm about to break, you know? And she said, you know, I was up. It was the middle of the night. I don't know why I was up, but I was up. And when I read her comment, I sent her a message and we went back and forth for about an hour and a half. And it felt really good to know that I was there for her, that I could help her. And I've never met her. That's amazing. You know, and I was just like, girl, like, that's what it's all about. Because I remember waking up the next morning and I was like, y'all done had a whole conversation. And Mm -hmm. I (laughs) while I was sleeping, like, wow, like it was it was a awesome and amazing um, feeling because that's why I created Trust Village. Like, that's what it's intended to be. That's 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 dope. I I love that. So uh anyone who's listening who may need that, go go and join Trust Village. It sounds like a great place to be. How'd you come up with the name Unicorns Talk? Oh, Unicorns Talk. So um I had about 
six years ago, I started my first business and it was a brick and mortar counseling practice in New Orleans. And, you know, long story short, it did not end well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it did not end well at all. Um, but I, I learned a lot from that experience, you know, and at, at that time, in that moment, I was just, I wasn't in a really great place. I was experiencing a depression. I just didn't acknowledge it or see it as a depression at the time. And so I was um, smoking a lot, you know, (laughs) and staying in my parents' house. Um, And one night I was laying in the bed because even though my business had folded, I had already, because of like doing the work to try to grow my business and doing the work to try to build my business, it really allowed me to be creative. You know, I had to create programs and I even had a radio show for a very brief period of time. And that was, that was how I first got the itch to like do this, you know, like to really do this. I, I fell in love with the microphone, you know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? And so all of that was during that time period that I was failing at running a business, you know, but I was learning so many other things. So my creativity really got jumped, you know, it, it, it got sparked. And so, um, but I was so depressed and in a place where I was really struggling to pull myself out of the reality that I just had to close my business, you know? And so anyway, one night I was sitting in the bed and in my sadness, in my depression, high as a kite, you know, and I'm flipping through the channels and you know how you just stop the the remote, like you're not, you don't really land on something you necessarily want to watch. You just stop pressing the button, you know, Mm -hmm. that's what happened. And it landed on the Arsenio Hall show. And I don't, I just never really watched the reboot of Arsenio, but it was on. And I had just heard about this song with two chains, Chrisette Michelle and a poet from New Orleans named Sonny Patterson. If you never heard of Sonny Patterson before, do yourself a favor. (laughs) Like Sonny Patterson is the truth. You know what I'm saying? Like for real, for real, she is the truth. And she's born and raised in New Orleans, Louisiana. Okay. You know I'm from New Orleans, right? Yes, I do. Okay. All right. Just in case you didn't know, I'm just letting you know I'm from New Orleans. So anyway, so I heard about the song and I was like, oh, I want to hear it. And it, as soon as the, the TV stopped, Arsenio says, ladies and gentlemen, two chains, Chrisette Michelle and Sonny Patterson. And I was like, okay. So I feel like that's kind of like divine intervention, you know? And I watched it and Sonny Patterson had the first verse of the song. And I had all these ideas in my mind of things that I wanted to do and all of these ways that I wanted to like help the black community and just like help black women in particular. And like, you know, just, I I was full of so many I want to save the world kind of, you know, thoughts and stuff like that. But I was struggling to find an outlet for them. And it was very frustrating for me, you know, because I think you can understand like when you when you are a creative soul, Mm -hmm. not being able to create, it's like torture, you know what I'm saying? Or to not be able to get a creation out of you. It's it's torturing, you know, and so that's kind of where I was. That's that's where I was. And the first verse of the song 
was Sonny Patterson. And she said, and as you spiral through the atmosphere, all they see is motion. They never see the tears. They never feel the pain. They always think it's nothing, but it's something such a shame. And I was just like, oh my God. And she, she did her verse. And at the end of the verse, it was like, the name of the song was Black Unicorn. Wow. And her whole verse was describing what a black unicorn is and, and everything that she said, I was like, that's, that's it. Like that's, that's what it is. And, and I said, you know, the black unicorn project, you know what I'm saying? And, and it stuck. And I was like, that's it. That's what I'm supposed to be doing. The black unicorn project. And so unicorns talk, I know that's a long way of getting to this story, but I love that story. Unicorns Talk is a play on black unicorns because it's all of us as black unicorns, all of us as individuals, because black people come in a lot of different shapes and forms and sizes and styles and designs and lifestyles. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? Like we, we do a whole lot of shit, you know? And so we're all unique in our own kind of way. And that's what a black unicorn is. It's unique, but it's also majestic, you know, at the same time. And that's what black folks is absolutely that's that's a that's a great what a great way to start off this show like you know that's 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 powerful i love that i received so it unicorns talk is a meeting of said unicorns i love that i love it and, and, and I, actually, I did an interview i'm sorry this is the last thing i promise i did an interview with um this girl who also has a program called the Black Unicorn Project. Her name is Becca Zila, and she lives in Philadelphia. And she said to me, well, you know, a group of unicorns is called a blessing. Oh. And I was like, hey, come on through. Yeah. I enjoy that. So, so yeah, that's, that's where good. that comes from. And, and just to piggyback off what you said with the fact of when you're creative and you can't create, it's like suffocation. Like, I, I've never... I've never been drowning before, but I can imagine like that's what it feels like. Like not having that outlet just it feels like you're just dampening out everything. So yeah. um yeah, that's that's a great story. I, and I mean now we gotta get into our icebreaker. I feel like we kinda just broke the ice, but uh, I know, <laughs> I know. Listen, I'm I'm long winded at times, you know. Uh, all of us podcasters are. I, I if if you don't get long winded at times, I really believe you may not be that good of a podcaster. Like Especially if you're a solo podcaster. We're a special breed. We are. We <laughs> are. It, it takes a very special kind of person to like hold that kind of like just to hold a conversation literally with yourself. Like you are talking to yourself. But in my head, I'm not talking to myself. I'm talking to you. You know, like exactly. I'm you the person. I want you to listen. You ain't you could talk back. You know what I'm saying? You could talk back. You just got to listen. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's let's get into our icebreaker, though. Um, this is one I always like to do the icebreakers with music because I truly believe music is one of those things that binds everyone together um so the the icebreaker this week is the top three songs that will instantly change your mood so if you about ready to snatch somebody up what song will will calm you down what's what's on your three so um okay my i think i don't have to say like number one number two number three right i don't have to rank them right right no rank Okay, all right, because I was about to, I don't know if I can do that, you know. <laughs> My first one is Jill Scott. She has a song called Jeremy Kofasola. Okay. And it was actually my song for my wedding. It was my the first dance 
song for me and my husband at our wedding. So it has extra special value. But I chose it because it was extra special to me. It is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful song. And it immediately, just even the opening of the song, it's like she has a little piano. And it just immediately, it calms me whenever I hear that song. So that's one. The second one, um, I think, is India Irie. India Irie has a song called um, God is Real. And the beginning of the song, she's like, you know, science will ask the questions of the why of the why of the why. Like it's just her talking or it's like somebody on a on a news program or something. And the whole song is like, I don't understand how people don't understand that God is real. Like how do people not believe that God is real? And it's a beautiful song and I love it and I agree with every word of it. So whenever that song comes on, you are more than likely going to get a show because I'm going to sing it as if I wrote it. <laughs> okay, okay. I feel I you. love it. I'm I'm gonna sing it like I'm on the stage for real. So that's my song. And then the third one is a young lady from New Orleans. Her name is Tank. She's the lead the lead singer of a band called Tank and the Bangers. And their first um album is called Think Tank. And it is so good. Like the whole album is good. But my favorite song on the album is uh, I think it's number ten. And the the name of the song is called Human. Okay. And the whole song is she's a poet. And she's also an entertainer, but she's a poet first, you know. And so the song, it's a poem that's set over music. And the whole poem is about the strength of human beings. She's like, girl, do you realize that you are a freaking human being? Do you understand what's happening inside of your body right now? You got neurons firing. You got blood moving. You got hearts pumping. You got organs that we still don't know the purpose of <laughs> you know what okay. I'm saying? Like, you are a human and, and the complexity of that there's nothing that you can't do you know okay. and like like you can overcome anything that comes your way because your body is regenerating new cells right now so if your body could regenerate new cells i think you could move on from that bad relationship <laughs> you know what I, mean? I like so, that Yes. And so it's, it's, that's like one of my favorite songs. Um, I play it for my clients in, in my sessions sometimes, depending on what a client is, is dealing with. Sometimes they just need to be reminded that like you are a powerful, powerful being, you know? So I love it. That's, that's definitely in my top three. Okay. I like that list. I like that. I feel that. Um, mine only because I wasn't going to answer, but I know people would be like, why didn't Hayes answer? Um, <laughs> the first one, very first one, uh, that comes to mind is Isley Brothers, This Old Heart of Mine. Like, mm. just the drum, the way that song starts, like, it, I don't even have to get to the lyrics. Like, just the start of it is going to change my mood. I love that. Right. Song. <laughs> right. The next one, and you, people will see, uh, I'm a extremely old soul, but, uh, the next one would be Marvin Gaye, Gotta Give It Up. Yeah which is my second favorite song of all time. So that definitely is going to be on the list. And then third one, common the light. Uh, with Bilal. Yes. 
Yeah, that's on the list. That's that's on the top ten list for sure. Absolutely. So yeah, yeah. that that'll be my three. Um, people who've listened to this show since the beginning probably already would have guessed that because I talk about those songs. They make a lot of lists, but yeah, definitely be those three. Absolutely, I like that list. That's a good list. <laughs> solid, you know. We'd, we'd solid. have a nice a nice playlist between the two of us. A nice short six track playlist which you know if kanye made it that'll be almost an album so i mean <laughs> if kanye made it <laughs> i mean i'm just you know the seven track album thing he was on all summer but uh but if kanye made it nobody would hear it because uh, who's still supporting kanye i'm just saying i think know. he needs our love though i'm not even gonna lie i think he needs our support but he he's making it damn near impossible for us to give it to him, you know? Yeah, it seems like he's about to start going on an apology tour because he did that whole apology for uh, the slavery comments thing. Maybe that that's a step in the right direction. We'll see uh, with Kanye, though, even if it does, I'm sure it's going to be another antic or comment within the next couple of months. So Kanye's gonna he's going to Kanye it up. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. so that was the, that was the icebreaker uh we're gonna move into the topics this weekend the second topic is one that i really really wanted to talk to you about but we're gonna get into the first one first uh the first one that doesn't make any sense but i said it so we're gonna keep it moving <laughs> and i understood it i understood exactly what you said so hey it works you know <laughs> there you go um so the first question that i uh posed to you is uh the issues with, if any, uh, with the public looking towards celebrities or athletes as role models. And this is this is a conversation that I've been having off and on social media on Twitter for a while with other podcasters. And it's just I think it's an important time, I think. And I did a whole episode. It was called Idol Worship, where I, I said how celebrities are like the, the modern day idol types of idol worship now because of how people look to them. Um, but but what, what are your thoughts on this? Should we be looking to them at all as role models? I. So, yeah, I I think it's not a question of should we. The question more so is, you know, what are they doing with the exposure that they're receiving? Because at the end of the day, the reality is that human beings, it's in our nature to look to people for motivation and for, you know, I guess, validation in a lot of ways at the same time you know like it's human nature I was just talking about this a few minutes ago I think society try to make us believe that you don't need nobody you know Mm -hmm. that that you should you should be able to do everything by yourself you should be all knowing you should be all loving you should figure shit out on your own and you should never need to ask nobody for help because if you ask somebody for help then that means that you're weak but the reality is that we all need that kind to help nobody is immune from it right and so these celebrities and things like that it's inevitable that people are going to look to them that it's it's the argument about whether or not we should look to them it's a moot argument because it's going to happen because, anyway because it's going to happen that's okay. just what it is so the question to me isn't so much should we be looking up to them but what is it that they're giving us as we're looking up and i think too many people like we give these celebrities a pass a lot of times like i totally understand the need to have your own personal life and to have your own personal, you know, existence and things like that. But when you reach a certain level of fame and notoriety, then you have a responsibility to the people that are looking up to you. You chose that life. It's not like somebody just put a gun to your head and said, I'm going to give you $50 million and you're going to make awesome music or I'm going to shoot you in the head. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? Like it didn't go like that. You chose that life. 
And a part of choosing that life is accepting the responsibility of being watched, you know, that it comes with the territory. And so I think that, yes, they deserve to have privacy. I don't need to know what they have for breakfast. I don't need to know uh, the minute Cardi B pop out her youngin that her young, like, (laughs) I don't need to know that, you know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm really not interested in all of that. But I do think it's important for Cardi B to show that, you know, she's giving back to the community or to give somebody something to look forward to in some way. And people be hard on Cardi, but I think she does in a lot of ways to the people who look up to her. She is a good role model for them. She's not for everybody, but for, she's, the, for, for the people she's for, she's a good role model for them. And I think I think we have seen the evolution of Cardi as a person. Like if you look at her from when she first came on Love and Hip Hop to her in the public eye now, she's she's grown into that a little bit more. Um, yeah. And she's still her. Like I, I say all the time to like when you see Cardi, like regardless if you love it or hate it, you I truly feel you're getting genuinely her. She doesn't put on yeah. for anyone. Yeah. And there's a there's a sense of freedom in that. So like you said, if at least if you're Telling someone to just be comfortable being you, Cardi is a very good representation of that. Absolutely. And that's one of the things that me personally, I have learned from Cardi B, which is freaking insane. You know what I'm saying? But I have, I was actually thinking about doing an episode titled Shit I Learned from Cardi. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Because that's a great title. I have actually learned. <laughs> things from cardi b you know like there's i I did i talked about on one of my episodes um how g-rated is your show i mean i've listened before but i could say i could say we yeah we got the explicit tag all right just making sure (laughs) so i did an episode um or i didn't do the whole episode around it but i remember talking about on one of my episodes how i used to have this like stigma like i couldn't say the word pussy you know what I'm saying? Like, and I was just like, a lady does not say that. And that's like, it's a nasty word. And I don't, you know, I just did not feel comfortable using that word, you know? And Cardi B drops an album that I got my whole entire life to for about three weeks straight. (laughs) (laughs) Because it is a good album. You know what I'm saying? And every word, she say look like it's pussy and so I'm singing the song because I'm into the song and it helped me to get more comfortable with using that word and it seems like a small thing but it really comes back to me being comfortable in my skin why was I why I felt some kind of way about saying pussy like if you don't like the word because you don't like the word then that's fine you ain't got to say the word but to not like the word because you feel like you shouldn't like the word Mm -hmm. that's something else you know and that's that's not acceptable right because then you're you're preventing yourself from being who you really are you know and so or or trying to be a version of what you think other people want you to be and so one of the things that I learned from Cardi B from that one particular little experience was how to be more comfortable with being in my skin and that has helped me tremendously even in my podcast even in the work that I do because now As I'm building my brand, I don't feel the need to fit into whatever particular mold that exists for black female coaches right now, because they they it's like, you know, there's some step for situations going (laughs) on right now, you know, like they all the same. Yeah, they're all the same and we need something different. And so, 
you know, I learned that from Cardi B. Nah. Well, look at that. Look at that. Learn. Yeah. Hey. Cardi out here learning people. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it, t- talk about things that I honestly, a year or so ago, would have never thought I heard is I learned something from Cardi B. But I can't, like, listen to your logic from it. Like, I, for I can't argue it at all. Like, it's it's freeing. I completely understand where you're coming from with that. Um, As far as, like, the... I think I've always looked at it as as just the uh we shouldn't be looking at celebrities. I never stopped until you just said it to like, but it's going to happen. So instead of arguing should we or should we not, it's okay, well let's let's look at the ones that that do hold themselves up to a level and try to promote those ones cuz I yeah, I just been so it, it's funny how you open my eye. I didn't even think about that coming into this conversation. So yeah, I, I agree with that. It's it is going to happen regardless, and let's just make sure that the ones that deserve it, the ones that aren't just spewing nonsense, mm-hmm. get talked about. Because that, yeah. those are the ones that are doing something different. Like, I, I I have my issues with LeBron as a player, but LeBron as an activist and man, yes. I, I can't say nothing bad about that guy. As a, as a human being, LeBron is adulting very well, you know? <laughs> yeah. He's he's definitely owning adulting right now. Uh, yes, he is. He yeah, is. No. I'm not even that into basketball. Or say I was about to say football. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, but I'm not even that into the basketball and stuff like that. But you have to respect a man that is willing to invest his own money into something like any, t- especially a black man. Black man give you some money. He yeah. meant that. You know what I'm saying? He meant that. <laughs> so yeah, yeah definitely definitely so anything left on this topic before we move on i don't think so all right let's get in let's get into the to the the, the question that i can't wait to hear your opinion on this one. I'm, I'm really giddy about you talking about this topic um so this question that i that i sent to you is is the typical way black women are portrayed on reality reality tv becoming problematic and have we as a culture allowed it to get to the point to where it is today you have the floor on this one. I, I really, I, I just, I want to learn. So take it away. So when, when you sent me this question, like I immediately knew how I was going to answer because this is actually something that I think about often. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, kudos to you because I, I didn't even have to prepare a response for this. Like I, I already knew how I was going to answer because it is something that stays on my mind because black women are my target audience. Right. And so I have to study black women. I have to do the research and, and, uh, do my best to go meet them or meet us because I'm a black woman too where we are and if I don't know nothing else I know black women you know what I'm saying I'm, <laughs> I heard that. I'm a black ass woman I'm just saying you know and so I at one point in time I used to watch like basketball wives I used to watch all of those shows and everything like that but then they did start to take a turn you know like you would have your occasional argument here and there you might even get a fight you know what I'm saying you might even get a fight but it was it wasn't like a brawl it was you know it was a fight it wasn't nothing that serious but it it certainly took a turn and and I was definitely turned off by that and I can't speak for um all black women but I know that there's a large population 
of black women that just can't really get down with those shows. And you would never believe that because we don't ever get acknowledged um, that that it this is not what we want to see. You know what I'm saying? This that show doesn't speak to me. Exactly. Now, don't get it twisted. Run up on me if you want to. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Run up on me if you want to. It is not going to be a good situation for, for you. I don't start a fight, but I ain't going to back down from a fight either. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, I ain't had a fight in years. I am an adult. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I have a career. And I know how to communicate with people in a way that doesn't cause me to have to fight them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? At a certain point in your life, it's not about being too good for fighting. It's not about thinking you this or thinking you that or whatever. It's about being an adult and communicating like an adult. And adults don't fight each other. That's yeah. just what it is, right? So if you're still fighting, just a little PSA out there for everybody that's listening. If you are still fighting, that is an indication that you have some emotional issues that you need to work through. Because that's the only reason that I could possibly think of as to why you still think it's okay to fight past the age of 17. Drop the mic on that one. I'm just saying. <laughs> so that being said... That show or those shows don't speak to me and it doesn't speak to my peer group. But there is a segment of our population that it does speak to. They feel represented. They see themselves in those women because the the flip side or the other side of, you know, you too old to be fighting is the emotional discord. I'm fighting because I'm hurt. I'm fighting because I feel embarrassed and I don't know how to manage those feelings. I'm fighting because, you know, you hurt my feelings and I don't know how to tell you that you hurt my feelings. I'm fighting because I'm angry and I'm upset and I don't know how to manage this level of emotion. So, but I, I can't hold it in. I have to get it out somehow, but because I cannot communicate it, this is the only way that I know to get it out. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so that's an indication that there's some work that needs to happen there. You have some things that you need to heal from. And so I don't, I don't, I have a love hate relationship with these kind of shows. And I used to call it that TV and I stopped calling it that because I think when I really sat down and checked myself, you know, and checked my own uh, biases, you know what I'm saying? And I really realized that those women are hurting. You know what I'm saying? Like they, they are hurting. They are dealing with things. They are struggling with things rather because they're not dealing with it, but they're struggling with things. They have real life situations that's happening in their lives that is impacting the way that they move through this world, which ultimately impacts their experience of this world. And that's a hard, hard life, you know? And so I started doing a segment on my show called Reality Check. And Reality Check is supposed to be where I watch these shows, because all the different black reality TV shows is like that. So I watch these shows, the shows that I really enjoy, like Black Ink Crew. I actually like the Black Ink Crew. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, shows like 
Um, even like shows like Insecure and stuff like that, you know, I watch the media, I intake the media, and then I try to give us a different perspective on those experiences, you know what I'm saying? And try to help us to understand the reason why these women are behaving the way that they're behaving. Because if we can understand why they are behaving that way, then we might be able to see ourselves in them and heal ourselves as a result. Because if I look on TV, if I, if I am able to identify that she's behaving like that because she feels hurt and this, instead of behaving like that, here's how you handle hurt. You get what I'm saying? Now, if I don't, if that's how I deal with hurt, then I just learned an alternative way. Why not give that alternative way to manage hurt a try? You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Why not do that? And so I wish that these shows, while they give those ladies a voice, I wish that they would also show them an alternative and we never come around to the alternative. And that is my issue with those kind of shows is because all they they do is reinforce the the negative behavior. They never show them that it's another way around and they're creating a false sense of validation because at the end of the day, it don't matter what you're dealing with, what you've been through. You know, I know that you've had a hard life. I know that, you know, life is not easy for you. I, I get it, girl. I understand And I'm not saying, you know, that you shouldn't feel the way that you feel about life and all of that, but you still can't behave like that. That's still not appropriate. Yeah. And I think that that, that's where uh, I would rather see reality TV take a turn is, okay. if you're going to show the fights, fine, but let's not make that the highlight. Let's make the highlight the healing. What's the next step after what what where's the growth at? And I think that um, like back in the day and I always bring this up when i have like conversations like this is when chrissy fought kimbella on the original love and hip-hop it was a big deal like it was a big deal because you didn't see it that often now every commercial for one of these shows shows some type of fighter confrontation so that's just where we've changed in the eight years since that original one happened it went from okay this is such it happens so rarely this is a huge thing that everyone's talking about to now these fights happen once every episode so and listen i always tell people people laugh when i say this but i'm very very serious like i would never make it on one of those shows i already know i would never make it on one of those shows because they play with each other way too much you know what Mm -hmm. i'm saying they play they be they pick with each other and the way my temper is set up i have low patience you're not about to be playing with me. You know what I'm saying? So I just, I don't think I would ever make it in, in one of those situations, um, like, or like being on one of those kinds of shows because I would be slapping people every week. And that's just not the kind of, that's not the kind of image I want to portray. You know, I don't, I don't want to be out here slapping people if I have to then I will. But that's just not really what I want to do with myself, you know? And I know yeah. being on one of those shows, I feel like I would have no choice. <laughs> so. I would, I would, it would either be that or I have to just walk away. Like, I'm either going to, like, I would just, because I know me, I'm I'm semi-crazy. So I, I'm a refer- reformed crazy person. So I would have to completely just leave uh, the situation or get arrested. There's, like, no in-between for me. Um <laughs> Absolutely. Like for real, for real, because people, they, they will play with you and play with you until like you, you have to fight back at a certain point. Like I said, my tolerance is very low for stuff like that. Yeah. I don't got much, much time or patience for bullshit. Um, 
But okay, anything left on this topic before we move on? No, I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's it. I think we talked about that one all the way through. Uh, let's move into the next one. And this is our last topic, and then we're going to close. Um, this is just a fun one. The 25th anniversaries of both Martin and Le- Living Single Past, uh, just two of the staples in any, you know, black television network or anything. Um, so I just wanted to ask you, uh, What's one of your favorite memories from either one of the shows or both? And then where do you think they stand as as one of the all-time great Black-led television shows? Well, they are definitely number one and number 1.5 for (laughs) sure. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, I love Living Single and I love Martin, but I have to say that Living Single is my number one um, and Martin is my 1.5. Okay. I just want to put that out there just so we can be clear. Um, But I was actually just watching Living Single earlier today. I love Living Single. I love Martin. I love everything that those shows represented and still continue to represent. You know, um, I love the 90s was like an awesome and amazing time. And I love when art really depicts the time. Like The Wiz is my favorite movie of all time because it's so, so 70s, you know, like it's extra, extra, extra 70s. And I feel like the same way about these two shows. And I love that they showed black culture, like the side of black culture that you know, people don't want to believe exist. The educated black person, we that we exist. We're out there, and I'm not saying that you have to be an educated black person or there's something wrong with you if you're not educated. Like, get get over yourself. I'm not saying that at all. You know, but what I am saying is that there is a subset of our population that has had the HBCU experience or just has had the college experience, which is an experience, you know, it is mm-hmm. whether you went to a, a PWI or a HBCU college in and of itself is an experience, you know, and, and that experience changes you. It, it does. Absolutely. And so they, we don't ever really get to see ourselves in the media that's trying to depict us. And so those two shows really, they put us on display. They showed us like who we are and, you know, like we got to see ourselves. And I mean, that was before I was there, but I knew that that's what I wanted to be. You know what I'm saying? Like living single, everything about living single. I'm just like, I am in love with that show. And I totally wanted to be like, you know, living the single life in the brownstone and you know what I'm saying? We don't even have brownstones in New Orleans. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I was, I wanted to be like that life, having my girlfriends and dating and, you know, like trying to grow things and trying to build things and being a part of the community and, you know, like just being extra, extra black. And I did have that experience and it, and not everybody has a chance to say that they've had that experience. And so it's it that makes it a unique experience. And I love that those shows really put that on display, you know? Absolutely. It, the thing um as far as like my favorite moments from the sh- from the show, uh the flavorettes from Le- Living Single. Yeah. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> that I that was one of my like to this day one of my favorite moments in TV. Um Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, Max with that eye. Yes, yes. Yes. And then uh, on Martin, and this is one, I I watch Martin's one of those ones that if it's on, if I'm flipping through the channel, I got to stop and probably see what scene they're on. But the episode when 
he had a random son that popped up. And the fact that they that they showed him now being willing to take on like he never oh that ain't my kid I need a paternity test and back then black men weren't depicted like that on, with kids on TV right. I think that that right. was that was more powerful of a statement than what we really realized it was at this time but like you said these if these aren't on your your top five list and they should be in the top three um of yeah. black best black TV shows of all time we need to have a whole different conversation because oh. this just different conversation yes and you know what i went off on a tangent which if you listen to my show you know i do that sometimes <laughs> but um my favorite living single scene is the very first scene when they're in the bathroom and they sing my girl uh into like one holding toothpaste one holding the, oh, the yeah. shower brush one holding a uh you know a hair dryer and they all in the bathroom singing my girl because it i've actually had those moments with my friends you know and so that was like that was very true to life and I I love that it's my favorite scene of that show and then on Martin when Martin was fighting that rat when they went to that that oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's when him and Pam end up getting married right wasn't the same yeah Yes, yes. Martin was fighting so hard. And I was just like, do you know how the level of professionalism and how much you really have to commit to make it through a scene like that? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that was I. that's when I knew that Martin was like a goat for real, you know, because he really committed in that moment. And and I loved it. So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I mean, that's it. We that, that's it. We did this episode. We killed it. Uh, I, there was no yeah. doubt in my mind. Uh, so I wanted to close with talking a little bit about your podcast. Now you told us you talked to us at the start about how it got started and, and all that. But where do you see Unicorns Talk going in 2019? What's your vision for it? So um, Unicorns Talk, I, I've been working on really figuring that out, you know, um, because it is evolving every day and it's evolving into more than I ever could have imagined. But the more I learn it, the more, you know, the deeper I get into it, um, I just I, I definitely want to grow it to be a space for black women to come and get the information that we need in a loving and nurturing kind of way, you know, so that we can actually start healing some things and making some changes. Um, that's what I see. I, I definitely believe that the podcast is going to be my the catalyst that introduces me to my audience. And I'm excited about that because I can't wait to meet them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I can't wait to meet them and see them and form connections with them and help them and watch them grow. And so the podcast is, I think, it's just going to continue to move in the direction of helping women heal. And um, I'm, I have all these ideas for things that I want to do. I mean, I want to grow the numbers, like from a business perspective, of course, I want to grow the numbers, you know, like that's, that's what, why, you know, why would I not want to grow the numbers? Because the more people that I can reach is the more people that I can reach, you know? And so I want to grow the numbers, but in terms of actually growing the podcast itself, I just want it to be a staple in our community. I want it to be a place that we know that we can come to, to get whatever tidbit of information that we need. Like I want somebody two years from now to be able to go through my episode list and pick out the episode that gives her exactly what she needs to get through what she's dealing with in that moment. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
whatever, whatever so right now I'm dealing with, I got my coworkers is getting on my damn nerves. Tree's got an episode for that. Let me go to that mm-hmm. and see what she's have to say. And she can listen to that episode and she can get real life concrete help to help her work through that situation and get a little entertainment at the same time. You know what I'm saying? And so that's, that's where I see it going. Just trying to take it to the next level and reach as many people as I can reach. um, So I can help as many people as I can help. Well, that's awesome. So, so you can help those people tell them where they can find you and your podcast at so they can reach out to you. So I'm primarily on Instagram. Uh, you can check out the podcast at Unicorns Talk Pod, or you can check out and on on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It's Unicorns Talk Pod, and then uh, you can check me out directly at Latrice Sampson Richards on Facebook and Instagram, and on Twitter it's L Sam Richards because Twitter was hating on me on the <laughs> and so um, so you can check me out. You know I'm still figuring out this whole social media thing it's not my it's just it's not my wheelhouse you know it's not my thing i've been trying to make it my thing for a long time but it's just not my thing so i'm i'm actually looking for a social media intern right now if anybody is interested and you know what you're doing and you can you're comfortable with working uh remotely then you know shoot me an email or whatever um at support at latricesampsonrichards.com if you feel like you can help me get my social media situation under control and you need a really really good letter of recommendation <laughs> that's what's up that's what's up Jaden hollywood is like the master at marketing by the way i i can't i can't do it the way he can like I, yeah like Jaden, Jaden is the master at a lot of things i love me some Jaden. like he very quickly became one of my favorite people you know um but social media is just not my thing and it's like i've I've invested in getting the skills so i know what needs to happen but there's there's something between knowing what needs to happen and executing um what what needs to happen that something is breaking down (laughs) between there so so i just need some help um in that area I feel you. I had a, I had a, it took me like a good six months to really get a handle on it. And that was with me, like literally sitting down, brainstorming with people who I'm just like, what do you do? Just tell me. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, you definitely have to have a unique set of skills for it. But I want to thank you so much for joining the show, taking your time out your day to sit down with me for, for a little bit and talk about these topics that I sent you. So I appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate you for having me um, on the show because, you know, we're both going to be at a pod connection, um, ATL, and I'm excited about that. You know, um, I'm I'm excited about I've been listening to all of the different podcasts um, that are going to be doing live shows uh, at the event. And um, I think everybody brings something different to the table. And I'm, I'm really excited to be a part of that and to be doing my live show for the first time along podcast that I actually really enjoy, you know, and yours is one of those um, shows because I feel like it makes you feel like yeah, I don't know. It makes you feel like if, if we feel like we all on the same level, then it makes everybody want to bring their A game, you know? And yeah. so um, I think it's going to be a really good experience. I'm looking forward to it. Me too. It's going to, yeah, that that much melanin in one place is about, it's going to be amazing. So it's, it's going down. It's <laughs> going down. All right. Well, anything else you want to tell the listeners before we go ahead and sign off and say good night? 
That's it. That's all I got for y'all. Um, check out my website, latricesampsonrichards.com, and you can get information about my tour, um, Facebook group. Uh, I have a free masterclass you can sign up for it at thebomb.com. Um, so, you know, just check it out and holla at your girl, you know? All right. Well, make sure you guys check her out. This has been The Awakened Soul. Peace. All right, that has been episode 65 of The Awakened Soul. You guys know where to find me, and that is at CEO Hayes um, on any social media platform, but you can follow the podcast at Awakened Soul Pod or at The Awakened Soul Pod, just depending on what social media platform you're looking for us on. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, theawakensoulpod at gmail.com. We actually have a special episode dropping in just a few days um, on regional slang. And that suggestion was actually submitted by Dan on Drugs, which is his second plug on this episode. Um, so, I, yeah, I got that special together. We are going to be hearing from people from all over the country and some other countries on slang in their area. So I'm really looking forward to that special episode. That one's just a fun one. This is me signing off. This has been episode 65. I look forward to talking to you guys again on that special episode. I love each and every one of you guys. Peace. Approve!